Church, feel free to take your seats. Well, welcome to part seven and what is the final installment of our Foundations series. Next Sunday, we start a new series, but more on that later. Um, and the first Sunday of our foundation series, seven weeks ago, we challenged ourselves with this thought, what are we building our lives on? What are we building our careers, our marriage, our faith, our ambitions? What are we building it all on? What's the foundation that keeps it all together? We've looked at different things in our foundation. We've put different bricks, if you like, into our foundation. We've looked at faith in God repentance, and if you remember, that looks like doing a U-turn. We've looked at baptism in water, the Holy Spirit, eternal judgment, and today we're going to lay the final brick, which is the Bible, okay? Now, if you're new to faith, um, you'll hear different words used about the Bible. Sometimes it's, it's called the Word of God, uh, the Word of the Lord, um, Scripture, different names, or sometimes in Northern Ireland, we just call it the Word, right? Different names for the one book that we call the Bible. Uh, and church, if you've missed any of the other um, parts of the series over the week, you can catch up on uh, YouTube or uh, podcast as well. So if you're driving in the car and you're stressed on the way home from work and you're thinking, I need to relax, let's listen to Jordan's voice about eternal judgment, right? <laughs> so, oh, so soothing, yeah. So, but it is available to you um, if you want to catch up on it. Now, church, you know, see the Bible, it may evoke different feelings in many of us, which we'll get to in a moment. Um, but see, for me, as a teenager, I first started really reading the Bible for myself. And it wasn't a leather-bound Bible in those days. It was the metal Bible. It was a metallic Bible. Did anybody have a metal Bible? Yes, yes, we were cool, okay? It was the 2000s. It was the thing to do, all right? You had a metal Bible. And that metal Bible, church, I have to say, with no exaggeration, changed my life. In fact, when I was 15, I had an encounter with God through the book of 2 Timothy. And in fact, that is the reason why I'm standing here with you today. The Word of God is alive and active. It is powerful. It is a life-giving, life-changing book. And what we want to do this morning, church, is begin to look. Now, we're not going to get through the whole thing. We might get to Leviticus if we're lucky. But... What we do want to do is explore some questions. What is the Bible? And most importantly, how do we approach it? How do we actually look at the Bible for what it is? Now, I know for many of us, church, the Bible may, uh, or the idea of even reading the Bible may evoke some different feelings, okay? Maybe for some of us, um, it's a sense of dread. Because when you were growing up, maybe instead of the Bible being life to you, somebody beat you with it right? Verbally beat you with it. And so you're thinking, oh, this is the last thing I want to hear. Or maybe for you, um, reading isn't your thing, or maybe you, you can't read. There can be different reasons as to why maybe reading the Bible isn't kind of what we want to do. Maybe it's a feeling, church, of inadequacy or frustration, um, a sense of not being able to understand everything. And so we kind of just go, well, well, what's the point? I'll just give up. Maybe I'm not clever enough or smart enough to understand the Bible. And we're going to get to all those things later as well. And maybe if some of us are honest, we'll find the Bible a wee bit boring. But as we're about to discover, if it's boring, we're probably doing it wrong, all right? But there's many things, church, many lies that will make us feel like the Bible isn't for me, okay? Church, I want to encourage us this morning as we go through this. The Bible is for everyone. Whether you can read or you've no reading skills at all, the Bible's for you. 
whether you've owned the Bible for years or you don't own one, the Bible is for you. Whether you've been following Jesus for years or you've only just started your faith or maybe you're still exploring faith and working out what it all is, the Bible is for you. Church, no matter who you are, your background, your experience, this is a life-changing, life-giving book written for you. I love this quote from St. Jerome. He's, a, he's an early church father. He says this, the scriptures, this is brilliant, are shallow enough for a babe to come and drink without fear of drowning and deep enough for theologians to swim without ever reaching the bottom. I love that. The Bible is for everyone. And so church, what I want us to do this morning is to get really, really practical. This morning, we're going to Bible college, right? And we're calling this class Introduction to the Bible, okay? You can call me professor, all right? So we're going to look, I'm nowhere near as qualified, but, but we're going to look at it together, okay? Church, what is the Bible and what impact can it have on my life? So why don't we pray together as we enter God's Word? Lord, we thank you for the Bible, the Word of God, Scripture, the Word of the Lord. Lord, for those who give their lives that we may have it in our own language, in our own time. Lord, thank you for all that you do in and through your word. And Lord, may you illuminate our hearts this morning with your truth. May we see Jesus for all who he is this morning. Lord, encourage us, stir our hearts for what you want to say. Lord, for the Carrick kids over in the sports hall, for the Carrick kids team, would you bless them? Would you open their wee hearts, Lord, to a great big God who loves them so much? In Jesus' name, we all said, Alrighty. So guys, I have a wee video for you. This is a quick encapsulation of what the Bible is all about. You probably know that the Bible is the world's best-selling book. Most people also know that the Bible contains the Old and New Testaments. But did you know that it's actually a collection of books and that it's written by 40 different authors over 2,000 years? It includes different genres too, like historical narrative, songs and letters, biographies, legal documents, parables and poetry. Written at the crossroads between East and West, the Bible influences cultures all around the world. In advertising, the law, the calendar, language, medicine, education, politics, in fact everywhere we look. In art, it's long been a rich source of inspiration for musicians, sculptors and painters. The Bible makes an appearance in some surprising places. Think of movies like Star Wars, The Shawshank Redemption, Magnolia, Pulp Fiction or Twelve Years a Slave. It may not be the Bible as we know it, but they're great Bible stories retold in new creative ways. The Bible has also inspired countless people who shaped our culture. Think of Florence Nightingale, who was the founder of modern nursing and an avid Bible reader. Think of Elizabeth Fry, the 19th century prison reformer who taught convicts in Newgate Prison to read, using a Bible. Likewise, think of Robert Rakes, who opened the first Sunday schools. Within a hundred years, his schools had 1.2 million students and were the first in the English state system. And don't forget William Wilberforce, who encountered Jesus while reading the Bible and was inspired to fight tirelessly against the British slave trade until it was abolished. Wilberforce wanted the Bible to be available for all people everywhere in their own language, so he helped found Bible Society. He also co-founded the RSPCA, the first animal welfare charity in the world. In more recent times, someone like Archbishop Desmond Tutu was inspired by the Bible to fight apartheid in South Africa. 
Others, like Archbishop Oscar Romero of El Salvador or Martin Luther King in the United States, were motivated by biblical ideas of equality and justice to fight for economic justice for the poor and racial equality for African Americans. It was King who famously quoted from the book of Amos in his I Have a Dream speech, saying, We'll not be satisfied till justice rolls like the waters. We will not be satisfied till righteousness rolls like a mighty stream. So what do all these people have in common? They all loved the Bible and knew that its message could have a great impact on their society. At Bible Society, we think that the Bible is still good for society, so we're advocating for the place of the Bible in public life. How could the Bible change your society? Okay, church, so what I don't want us to do this morning, right, is to go, is this a sermon where I'm going to be told I need to read my Bible more, right? How many times have we heard that over the years? Understandably. Because here's the thing, we can all do with, with reading the Bible more and exploring more. That, that's not news to any of us, right? But what I want us to be able to do this morning, church, is to be encouraged to see God's word from a new angle, to see its beauty, that it really is the life-changing, life-giving book. And to do that, we're going to very quickly, to begin with, go over a few reasons why the Bible is that kind of book. The first one is this, church. The Bible reveals who God is. Remember, the only person who gets to say who God is, is God himself. The Bible is what we call God-inspired. Second uh, Timothy 3.16 says this, all scripture is inspired by God. Your version may say God-breathed and is useful for teaching the truth, rebuking error, correcting faults, and living and giving instruction for right living. It's, God, it's God's word, which means it's our final authority in all matters of life and faith, which means, church, no other book, belief, ideology, government, law, all come second to the word of God. The word of God has the final say, and as we looked at the other week at eternal judgment, the word of God will have the final say. Every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, right? The Bible is the authority in all matters of faith and life. It speaks into every area of life as well. Now, you might say, Jordan, how can you say that this is God's book? How can you say that this is inspired by God, the Holy Spirit? Well, there's a whole ton of reasons for that, which we're not going to have time to go into this morning. We will look at it in the new year, though. Um, But what if I told you this? If we got someone, a group of people to write a book for us, okay, and every hundred years, someone got to write a chapter, Each person has to be from a different generation, live on a different continent, and speak a different language. But a chapter could only be written every 100 years. Would we have a book that would make sense by the end of it? No, right? The Bible church is composed of 60 individual books, 40 different writers, across generations nearly 2,000 years in span lived on three different continents, spoke three different languages, and it fits perfectly together. In fact, the Bible has 65,000 cross-references. This is God-inspired. You might even say, well, how does it reveal God to us? How does it reveal who Jesus really is? There was research done um, by uh, a 
professor called Dr. Peter Stoner. Um, he's a well-known scient uh, Christian scientist in America, and his findings, by the way, were verified by the American Scientific Council. And him and his team decided to, to work out the probability, which is what he specializes in, the probability that Jesus is who the Bible says he is. So in the Old Testament, which is the first part of the Bible, there are 300 predictions made about the Savior that God would send into the world, also known as, many of you will know, the Messiah. Over 300 predictions. And so this professor and his team decide, we're going to work out the probability of someone who was born from Jesus' time right through to the end of the 20th century, the probability of anybody being able to meet, not 300, let's go conservative and pick eight of those conditions, eight of those prophecies. And what they find was this, the chances of anyone fitting the description of the Messiah in the Old Testament, of anyone being able to meet just eight of those predictions, not eight, not 300, just eight out of 300, the number wasn't one in a million, it wasn't one in a billion or a trillion, it was more than one in quadrillion. Okay, to put that into perspective, I would just scream trying to read that number. Okay, it's one and 17 zeros, more than one in a quadrillion chance that anybody could meet those predictions of who the Messiah is. Jesus meant all 300. The Bible reveals who Jesus really is. If you want to encounter the real Jesus, pick up a life changing, life giving book. Number two, the, the Bible teaches us how to follow Jesus. Um, in Matthew 28, Jesus says this to his disciples, therefore, now let's listen to this carefully, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Discipleship, which really means church following Jesus, is brought up 274 times in the New Testament. It's a big deal, right? But do you notice what Jesus says there? Make disciples of all nations, all people, teaching them to obey everything I have taught you. Now, church, here's the crux and the question for us. How can we truly follow Jesus and follow his commands if we don't know what they are? Jesus speaks into every area of our lives, church, relationships, uh, finances, work, ambition, all those different things. But how can we follow him unless we know what he said? And church, Jesus is inviting us this morning to go on a journey with him, the journey of discipleship by discovering who he is and what he has taught in his life-giving, life-changing words. Number three, it reveals God's plans and directions for our lives. Psalm 119 verse 105 says this, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light for my path. Church, the Bible has this way of bringing light into darkness. It speaks into every areas of our lives. It handles marriage and relationships, work, health and well-being, raising children, resolving conflict, correction for when we're wrong, wisdom for decision-making, distinguishing truth from lies, how to forgive and be forgiven, how to find God's plan and purpose for your life. This is a life-changing, life-giving book. Number four, it transforms our lives. Hebrews 4 and 12 says this, for the word of God is alive and active. In other words, it's more than words on a page. It carries power 
in and of itself. When God's word is put into action, things can change in our lives, church. Things can transform that we never thought possible. You could be ruled out by anybody, but when the word of God gets involved, miraculous things can happen. The Center for Bible Engagement um, did an incredible piece of research, I think it was 2009, um, it included a, a PhD doctorate, so it was a, it was a, a proper piece of research of over 40,000 Christians on the impact of their Bible engagement. This is incredible, okay. Now bear in mind, not even as many as 40,000 people are surveyed for election polls, okay. So out of 40,000, they found that anyone who read the Bible once, twice, or three times a week, there was very little transformation in their lives. But for anyone who read the Bible four times or more per week, the difference was absolutely staggering. Let me give you some of the figures. Feelings of anger and loneliness dropped 30%. Bitterness in relationships dropped 40%. And I'm worried there's wee ones in this morning. Let's call it physical and relational sin dropped 68%. Gambling dropped 74%. Alcoholism down 57%. Now watch the change in their lives. Sharing faith with others up 228%. Discipling others up 231%. Memorizing scripture up 407%. Church, here is our message, particularly as a Nazarene church, okay? The gospel isn't just enough to save you, it's enough to change you. The Bible is a life-giving, life-changing book which can transform even the most dark parts of our lives when we hand it over to what Jesus says. The Bible is a transforming book. Now, church, here's where I really want to go this morning, okay? When I was in Bible college, really early on in our first year, our, our, one of our lecturers, I think it was uh, Dr. Brian said to us, she goes, you know, it's not our job to teach you everything about the Bible. And I was like, I want my refund. <laughs> Do you know that advert? It's a scam, right? You're going, I've just been scammed. Then she said this, it's not our job to teach you everything about the Bible, but to give you the tools to discover it for yourself. And church, so often we can hear the rhetoric, read your Bible more, read your Bible, but how often are we given the tools and the equipment to really discover this for ourselves? Now, again, we're going to take some time in the new year to really help us learn how to carry our own faith with Jesus personally, how to have a devotional time, how to have a quiet time with Jesus and really get to know him. But for this morning, church, I want to give us some practical tips, some practical steps to kickstart your Bible reading. In fact, on the way out, now, this isn't so beautifully put together, but it did my best on a black and white printer. We've put together a quick Bible reading guide, if you would like it this morning. It's going to be in the foyer on the way out. And what it has, we're going to go over it now, some steps to help you engage with the Bible in a really practical way. Because there's no good talking about it if we don't help each other do it, right? So that's a wee guide for you on the way out with some practical steps. But church, here's some practical ways that we can open the Bible for ourselves. Step one. We need to open our hearts, okay? There's two extremes of Christian, right? Believers who really love their relationship with God, but never read the Bible, right? And the difficulty with that is it can become really easy to be deceived and to be led into all kinds of beliefs if you don't know what to believe, 
okay? And then you swing to the other way and you have the boys who've got their theological T's crossed and their eyes dotted and they know their stuff, but they're no crack, right? And we can turn very quickly into the Bible, into an academic exercise where it's all about almost learning, 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 all about knowing about God with never actually knowing God. And we need to be aware of that, church, when we dive into the Bible. But rather, what we're invited to do instead is this, is to invite Jesus into our time. What we need, church, before we start reading the Bible, whether it's a verse or a passage, or you're going for a big, long read, whatever it is, to say to the Holy Spirit, open my heart to your word. Because here's the uniqueness about the Bible, church. You can only understand it as the Holy Spirit teaches you. Jesus said in John 16, he said to the disciples, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will lead you into all truth. He will guide you in the truth. So in other words, church, if we're really going to get the Bible for all it's worth, we have to say, Holy Spirit, open my heart to your word. Teach me. Put up a mirror in my life. Open my heart. A helpful uh, prayer is maybe from Psalm 119, 18. Open my eyes to see the wonderful truths in your instructions. Step two, start small. I think sometimes, have you ever started a new uh, fitness regime or a new diet? And you go hardcore at the beginning, right? And what happens? Falls apart in two weeks, right? And the old mantra comes out, I'll start on Monday, right? Because we go too hard, too quickly, and we outpace ourselves, Okay. If you're going to kickstart your Bible reading church, engaging with the Bible, start small. And I think that's seasonal, right? There'll be seasons of life where maybe for you, it's just meditating, thinking on one verse for the entire week, Monday to Friday or whatever, thinking on one verse, particularly if you're in a, in a, in a very busy season of your life. Or maybe for you, it's, it's maybe a chapter a week, a chapter a day. Did you know 30, 30 books of the Bible can be read in 30 minutes each? So for different folks, it's just going to work differently depending on the season in our life. And what I want to do first this morning, church, is to take the pressure off of, of sometimes the guilt that comes along with feeling like we're not doing enough. You know, sometimes we get more out of reflecting on one verse and really chewing on what God is saying than we would rushing through a whole book, okay? So whatever season you're in right now, start small. Take it piece by piece as you discover God's word. Number three, be consistent. Consistency really is key. And here's the thing, church. There's going to be plenty of things, at least initially, even when we're reading the Bible, where we're not going to feel like it, right? But you know what, church? Consistency will take us places that emotion never will. Consistency will show us the heart of God that emotion can never get us to. But when we're consistent and we commit to taking the Bible bit by bit, whatever season in life we're in, we're going to hear God speaking to us. There's, there's that old saying, if you miss one day, don't miss two, right? Or if you miss two, don't miss three. Don't beat yourself up and think, oh, I'm not going back to that again. Pick up church where you left off. Be encouraged. Start small. Be consistent. I don't know if this is a, a great, necessarily a great quote, um, to bring to us in the service, but, um, but the American artist Andy Warhol, right, has this brilliant quote, and he says this, it doesn't matter how slowly you're going, as long as you don't stop. 
doesn't matter how slowly you're going so long as you don't stop. Careful not to compare your stage of the journey with others. God has a plan for you and wants to speak to you personally and individually through his word. He's holding out just this morning, church, inviting us to know him more through the Bible. Step four, be active. This is my favorite one, okay? And I, I really need this if I'm gonna concentrate. So if you've ever been reading something right and you've gotten to the end of the page and you think, I didn't take in any of that, right? And depending on how much you care, you just flick and go to the next page, right? We've all been there. But church, there's something about being active when we're reading God's word, not just reading it, but actually engaging with it that can really help it bring us to life. This is real practical stuff, okay? So for example, for you, that might be highlighting different phrases and words that might be setting out to you or, or, or sticking out to you or speaking to you. Do you need to pick up a highlighter when it comes to your Bible reading? It's okay to journal sometimes to write down scriptures and put down your thoughts about how it makes you feel in a particular season of your life. Um, I don't do that a lot, but what I do find is, see when you go back to it years later, it's amazing what God says to you and how the pieces all come together. So highlighting, journaling, feel free to write around scriptures or to make notes and underline. And there's a wee phrase that says, it's okay to write on your Bible, just don't cross anything out, right? We're not editors, okay? But do feel free to make notes when you're reading your Bible, all really practical stuff. Or use a Bible reading method. Now, there's two methods to really be practical about Bible reading in, in our wee guide, but I want to share one with you just now. Some of you may have heard of the SOAP method, okay? So scripture, observation, application, which means making it happen in our lives, and prayer, okay? So I want to take you through it. So scripture S, read, listen, or write out a verse or passage of scripture, okay? O for observation. Here's some questions to ask yourself, and this is all in the guide. What is the author saying to the original readers? How does this passage fit into the wider story of the Bible? What stands out to you? Highlight or underline it? Here's the great practical questions. Is there a command or an instruction to obey? Is there wisdom for my life to listen to? Is there a warning to pay attention to in this verse? Have I any questions about what I've just read? My application, this is all about making it personal, right? Really making it come alive in your life where you're at, okay? Do the instructions or teaching for the original reader also apply to me, okay? So in other words, we're not King David's, right? Don't be hitting anybody with a stone in a slingshot, right? It's important to know the genre and where we are. Two, what might the Holy Spirit be speaking to me in this passage? And finally, how can I apply or make this truth come alive in my life today? And finally, pray. Remember, church, prayer is a two-way conversation. Leave time for the Lord to speak to you about what he's saying about his scripture, and you will be amazed at what comes out. <laughs> you really, really will. Ask the Lord to help you to apply the message and invite him to speak to you about it throughout the day or throughout the week, okay? And again, that may look like a verse for you, a, a chapter, a story, whatever it might be, at your own pace, okay? Here's the last one, church, last point. Get practical, okay? I think this is the most helpful thing, and I hope it helps you this morning. Um, the, the Bible has never been more accessible than it is today. Ne never been more available in, in, in different languages, versions, technologies, app. It has never been easier to read and engage with the Bible. So here's a couple of things I want to give to you this morning. Again, this is going to be in your wee guide as you leave this morning. Um, here's a couple of things I would recommend to you to take up 
for more practical and creative ways to engage with the Bible. First one is the YouVersion Bible app. Okay, absolutely amazing. It has the whole Bible, various versions, daily devotions to encourage you in your walk with Jesus, free courses on things like fear, hope, relationships, love, Bible reading plans that fit you and your life right now and your time schedule. And most importantly, church, and this is really important, an audio Bible, okay? So I know for some of us, reading maybe isn't that accessible or um, it's, it's, we just really struggle with it. Audio Bible's a great way. Sometimes I listen to it because there's something so refreshing about receiving God's word through someone speaking it over you. You can even choose the accent you want to hear it in. Northern Ireland isn't available yet, right? But you can do that as well. The second one is the Blue Letter Bible app. Now, this is for a wee bit deeper study if you, if you want to do that. Um, free access, again, to devotionals or scholarly um, commentaries or language translations and all those good things. That's, that's something a bit more deep if you want to do that. Um, and I also want to give us three things, church, for, for prayer. And, and these are excellent, right? I grew up on UCB, Word for You Today Youth, right? That was, that was my thing. Um, but the, the, these three apps are great. So Let the Go 365 app, um, that's actually from Pete Gregg and 24-7 Prayer. And what that does, church, is it gives us daily prayers and reflections to pray. And you can do that via audio and just let the audio lead you through the prayers. It usually is 10 minutes per session. Church, I find this so helpful. Um, 10 minutes, if I'm walking somewhere, I was going to say walking to the gym, but that's really, really rare. So when I'm out walking, um, I'll listen to Leptigo 365, a daily prayer. And it's amazing how it will help you pray things that we never really think about, right? Really practical, recommend that to you. Prayer Ireland, if any of you know David Legg, who's a really great Bible teacher from Northern Ireland, um, these are daily devotionals. And if you don't know what a devotional is, it's like a wee thought for the day to encourage you in your life and your faith. And then finally, UCB. Uh, many of you will know UCB. Um, you can access Bible material online. Um, it can be posted out to you. It'll be on their website. Um, again, another great organization for helping you build your relationship with the Bible and your relationship with Jesus. 29 minutes, 50 seconds. All good? Good, right. There was a lot in that church, okay? But really what I want to do this morning is to give us the practical tools to at least begin to take the first steps in discovering God's word for ourselves. In the new year, we're going to do a series all about how to, how to have a devotional life with Jesus, how to put rhythms into our lives where we can really get to know him better through prayer, Bible reading, or some things that are called spiritual disciplines. Really, really practical stuff. But to give us a head start, um, please feel free to pick up um, one of these. There's 50, so maybe one per household for now anyway. And if we need more, we can get them. A quick guide to reading the Bible. And it's got all those practical steps in that for you, church. Because we don't want to just talk about it. We want to do it, don't we? We want to do it. So if you want some practical steps with those recommendations in it as well, lift one of these on your way out this morning. Church, why don't we stand together and we're going to pray. Really practical message this morning. Class is almost dismissed. All right. Worship team, do you want to come up? We're going to sing our last song. And do you know what I'm going to do, church? Wherever you are in your journey with the Lord and with the Bible, I just want to pray that the Lord would do a really deep work in us this season, that he would really reveal his word, his truth in a brand new and fresh way. Okay, so allow me to pray for us, church. Lord Jesus, we just come to you now from our different backgrounds, our different life and experience. Um, and Lord, we just ask you in this next season as a church family, Lord, whether we've been walking with you for years, we've just started, or we're still considering and working things out. Lord, 
we ask that as we open the Bible, we would discover your open heart. Lord, your love for people. Lord, your amazing guidance through life, light in darkness. That, Lord, we would hear your voice like never before as we put in practical steps to love you more. Lord, would you bless this to our hearts. Help us to keep going when it feels difficult. Help us to get up again even when we feel discouraged. That, Lord, you love each and every one of us and you desire that we would hear your voice. Lord, give us a deep love for the Bible and a deep love for your word. In Jesus' name, we all said, amen.